TED Audio Collective. This is Marsha. She's been repeatedly banned from Facebook for saying things like men are scum. I'm a comedian and I do like misandrous humor. Certain men think that all feminism is, is a bunch of women sitting around talking about hating men and about how all men should die. So I'm like, let's just give the people what they want. And this is Andrew, who heard about Marsha and went on her page to call her a bigot. At least to me, in my opinion, feminism is a fairly toxic ideology. I think feminism has outreached its bounds at this point, and really to me seems like the supremacy movement. Hi, Andrew. Hey, Marsha. Great to be talking to you. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. I'm Dylan Marin, and welcome back to Conversations with People Who Hate Me, the show where I take negative online conversations and move them offline. We'll be returning to a regular release schedule on April 2nd, so think of this episode as a teaser of a new format. You've heard me speak one-on-one with people who have said negative things about me on the internet, but I wanted to change things up and share this platform with others who have received their own digital negativity. And that could include you. Have people said negative things to or about you on the internet? Well, after this episode, head on over to www.conversationswithpeoplewhohateme.com to fill out a form so that maybe you can be a guest on this show and move your own online conversation offline. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Marsha Belsky, a stand-up comedian and a proud feminist who jokingly embraces man-hating humor as part of her comedy. Marsha has been repeatedly banned from Facebook for writing things like men are scum. Now the story of her ban was picked up by news outlets and it reached a man named Andrew who, upon hearing Marsha's story, looked her up on Facebook and called her a bigot. First, I'll speak one-on-one to each of them and then I'll moderate a conversation where they speak to each other. While the format is different, the intention of this show remains the same. This is neither a debate nor a search for common ground. It is simply a show where two people have agreed to get on the phone with each other and listen. So, let's get things started. Hi, Marsha. Hi. How are you? I'm so good. Yeah? Yes. Thank you so much for having me. So, Marsha, you have become known for three famous words <laughs> on oh, social media. <laughs> Um, what are those words? Well, now I'm going to be known as Marsha Menar Scum Belsky, probably yeah. for the rest of my life. So you have been banned from Facebook for saying that. It's been kind of a long saga with Facebook. I'm a comedian and I do like misandrous humor. Certain men think that all feminism is, is a bunch of women sitting around talking about hating men and Mm -hmm. about how all men should die. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, let's just give the people what they want, you know? And I wanted to make jokes that show um, what that type of feminism would look like, but not in the way where it's undermining where that anger comes from in a way where Mm -hmm. it's actually giving credit to where that anger comes from, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, 
So the first time I got banned from Facebook, I had a photo that was up as my cover photo for like a year. Mm -hmm. That was me as an adorable six-year-old child. Mm -hmm. And I have a little speech bubble coming out that says, kill all men. (laughs) So, you know, the likes were high. Uh And (laughs) it was up for like a full year. So then I think someone reported my photo that said, kill all men. And it was removed. And I was banned for 24 hours. Separate from this conversation... When, how did you get into comedy? So I started comedy at 19 um, because my theater program was crap. (laughs) And I thought I wanted to be an actress. Mm -hmm. Um, But to be honest, I'm not that great of an actress. You know, I'm pretty (laughs) stiff. Um, That's okay. Look, you found a path. You know, you find your niche and you you go and... um, but yeah, so I've been doing it for a long time now, like like nine years. And then I saw the shift happen to this online stuff mm-hmm. probably when I was like 23, 24. When I moved to New York, Twitter and Facebook became really important in yeah. terms of people knowing who you are. Yeah. So this is interesting to hear how you became a comedian. Separate question mm-hmm. is when did you start identifying as a feminist? It was in college, taking classes, sociology and things like that, where I could actually put terms and theories behind these things that I'd always perceived. So that's when the dots really started connecting in my mind. Currently, what would you say your brand of comedy is? Well, I mean, I do a podcast with my co-host Ray Sani called Misandry with Marsha and Ray. (laughs) And the joke is... That no matter what feminists do, they are going to be called man-haters. They are Mm. going to be called misandrists. So it's a way of, like, taking that word back, essentially. It's Mm. like, okay, let's just skip a step, and we'll call ourselves misandrists, and let's get started. You know, I basically built this matriarchal fantasy world in my head Mm -hmm. as a coping mechanism, as armor, as a way to make jokes for other women. I don't actually want all the men to die. You know, every woman gets to save too. But I just, it's for a cathartic relief Mm -hmm. of this anger that makes you feel impotent Mm -hmm. because there's not a lot you can do in your station as a woman besides sort of little acts of agency and resistance. Mm. So then, you know, they see me as hateful and, and and I accepted that and the trolls start coming. What are some of the kinds of things people say to you online? You're ugly, ugly cunt, you know, um, fuck you, like things like that. Um, I honestly can't remember a lot of the comments because I really block it out. I feel like I think I have to. Yeah. I think if I internalized any of it, it already does weigh on me, but it would weigh on me too heavily. Mm -hmm. So I almost I delete them and I almost try and forget about them as quickly Mm -hmm. as possible. Yeah. In some ways, it's interesting because what they want, either consciously or subconsciously, is to make sure that you know as a woman who's claiming to be feminist that they can still make you feel bad about yourself within the lens of the male gaze and male power. Hmm. So they're like, oh, you feel good about yourself? Well, I, a man, am going to call you ugly. And for most women, that will affect you in some way because you know how much your value is placed on how men see you. Mm -hmm. So subconsciously, when a bunch of guys are calling you ugly online, you get scared, oh, there goes my value. Mm. You know, and that's exactly what they want. They want you to feel bad about yourself to the point that you shut up. What they don't see, maybe some of them, the nicer ones who truly just feel that I'm a bigoted person, 
is that they don't see how much shit women eat on a daily basis from men. Mm. And so then when they see a sarcastic God fuck all the men, they say that is truly so hateful. It's disgusting. And I'm going to tell her, Mm. you know. So recently you got one comment in particular and it just said bigot. Mm -hmm. What did you feel when you got that comment? I mean, those comments frustrate me more than someone who's just calling me an ugly feminist cunt, you know, Mm -hmm. because someone who's calling me an ugly feminist cunt, they want women to shut up. And I know that what I'm doing is Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. But when someone calls me a bigot or truly thinks that I'm a hateful person, I do react to that because then I feel misunderstood and I get frustrated at the blindness that privilege lends to people. So the bigot comments hurt me because I feel like, uh, how do I even begin? Yeah. So the person who wrote that comment that called you a bigot under your post, his name is Andrew. Mm-hmm. I just want to be clear that, you know, we're, we're not equating what he said, calling you a bigot. Yes. With this ugly cunt stuff. Yeah. That it's different and it's a different beast, but still, um, a negative comment on the internet. Yeah, well, and it's, it seems to come from a more genuine place. Um, and like I said, that is the only thing I'm interested in clarifying. Mm-hmm. I'm much more willing to talk to people who truly feel that I'm bigoted as opposed to somebody who I know just wants women to shut the fuck up in general. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, great. Okay, so hang tight. Yes. I'm going to go talk to Andrew. You stay right there. Okay. Hey, Dylan. Hey, how are you? Doing great. Yeah. How about yourself? I'm good. How's your day going so far? It's going well. Got a first snow of the year, but I was able to get my morning running still, so it's not too bad. How long have you been a runner? Oh, gosh. Third grade, I want to say. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's really young to start. I don't know. We had to do a mile run starting in third grade. I think it was the first year <laughs> we were required to do it. And... That is early. Yeah. Yeah. So you did it. Running has always been like meditative for me, you know? Yeah, I find the same. It's very, calms my mind very well. Mm-hmm. Gives me a lot of time to think about stuff I need to work through. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Andrew, um, I guess my first question for you is, what made you want to reach out to Marsha originally? Um, yeah, I just think that, at least to me, in my opinion, feminism is a fairly toxic ideology and, you know, her saying men are scum again, banned from Facebook. And I don't necessarily agree that she should have been banned. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to just understand the reasoning behind why she feels it's okay to be saying men are scum, but then advocating for women's rights. Hmm. Does that feel hurtful to hear her say men are scum? It doesn't really feel hurtful to me. I mean, I don't take it anything personally mm-hmm. like that. I don't know, Marsha. It's not directed at me. It's just... I don't think it's a very productive thing to be doing, especially when you're advocating for equal rights. Mm -hmm. So you went on her Facebook and you called her a bigot and then you messaged her and you said, you think saying men are scum doesn't make you a bigot. Wouldn't I be a bigot if I said women are scum? So talk to me through your reasoning of like, what makes you feel that way? I mean, I don't want to say women are scum. I don't think that Mm -hmm. I believe, um, you know, men and women are equal. That's why I'm not a feminist. Mm -hmm. Um, to me, it's just doesn't seem productive. Like I've mentioned before, just to be going around calling people scum or anything like that. Hmm. Um, I mean, historically, women have been oppressed by men. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. And there definitely was a place in the world for feminism at one point. Hmm. But at this point, 
I honestly don't see that there's much of a point. And if there is, I don't see why it has to be odds with men instead of working with men hmm. or doing its own separate thing. I think feminism has outreached its bounds at this point and really to me seems like the supremacy movement. Okay, so you think feminism is uh, searching for uh, supremacy for women. Where did you kind of start feeling, thinking that feminism was a toxic ideology, as you said earlier? I'd say it started my in high school, either my junior or sophomore year. Mm-hmm. My best friend in high school was, um, I don't know, at the time I called her a feminazi. <laughs> I thought at the time I um, supported feminism. It turns out she is actually a lot more moderate than a lot of feminists are. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I consider myself a feminist, or at least I'd say I was in support of feminism. Mm-hmm. And then getting to know her, and I realized, you know, I really don't agree with just about anything she had to say. What was your friend doing that uh, inspired you to call her a feminazi? At least the first time I can remember, I'd mentioned that a girl I found attractive was hot, and she went ballistic about that. Hmm. But every time I heard her talk about guys, she would, you know, say words like yummy or just, you know, sexually degrading terms hmm. about a guy she thought was attractive. And it didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. But what bothered me is that she would attack me for calling a girl hot, but then use way more explicit sexual terminology or objectification about men mm. and say that I'm being sexist and what she's doing is okay. So, you know, we're talking about um, oppression. We're talking about marginalization and all of those words that we snowflakes love to use. Um, but do you, do you feel in any aspect of your life that you've ever felt marginalized or oppressed? Everyone will be marginalized and oppressed at some point in some way, regardless of how privileged you are. And everyone will be privileged in some way as well. So, and, and just, uh, to, to say, because this is an audio medium and not video, but um, you are a white man, right? Yes, yeah. a straight white male. Okay, great. It means I can't talk in certain places, I guess. <laughs> is that what you feel that it means? Um, I mean, the radical feminists and social justice warriors, definitely. The amount of times I've heard you're a white male shouted at me or at other white men, be like, you know, using the three-fifths compromise. As but, a rationale to not let a black person talk. Do you, do you really think that those are those are comparable? I don't think they're comparable, but I think it's the same ideology. I mean, it's completely different positions that people are in, but yeah. either way, you're degrading someone down to their skin color. And using that is what you base, what you use to base your beliefs on them from instead of who they are. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really disagree with you on that. Because I, th- I think the if you're bringing up like the three-fifths compromise when, you know, slaves were considered only three-fifths of a, of a human, I, I think saying that is so rooted in a really like toxic, pervasive macro racism, whereas saying like, you can't speak, you're a straight white man, which by the way, I'm not co-signing. I'm only saying it in the context of this, this argument, but saying you can't speak, you're a straight white man is more born out of the idea that straight cis white men have been speaking for social movements for so long does that jive with you or or you're not totally into that to an extent yes i mean we've definitely had our voices heard more than other people Mm. but why make us your enemy because of that here's a question what did the women in your life today think about feminism i can only think of one who has a political view on it at this point she would be anti-feminist other than that to the extent I know, every other woman I know currently 
doesn't have an opinion for or against it. Really? If they do, they've never voiced it. Yeah. Huh. And have you asked them, like, how they feel in this current moment of, like, you know, Me Too trending on social media and, like, public talks about sexual harassment and stuff like that? Not really. It's never something I've thought of bringing up in conversation. Mm -hmm. Never anything I've heard any women in my life bring up in conversation either. I mean, if it came up organically in conversation, I have no issue. But I feel weird going and asking people I know, (laughs) how do you feel about... Mm-hmm. xyz political aspect of whatever i mean i tend to actually avoid talking about politics mm-hmm. with most people because i find that you don't get a whole lot accomplished and mm-hmm. it just becomes a you know a verbal fist fight so d- does the me too movement feel like an overreaction to you or does it feel justified I actually um, have no idea what the Me Too movement is. You're going to have to fill me in on that. Oh, my God. Yeah, so uh, the Me Too movement is um, women and men, um, but mostly women, have been posting uh, status updates, uh, posts, sharing uh, their instances of sexual assault and sexual harassment with the hashtag Me Too, which is essentially raising your voice, raising their voices to say, this happened to Me Too. Me Too was brought up by this social activist, Tarana Burke, um, a while ago, and then it just started trending again. But you haven't seen it at all? No, other than from Marsha. Okay, she so, was the first and only time I've ever even heard about it. Huh. So, so that's so interesting. Marsha is like you're in to the idea of what feminism is. Kind of. I mean, I've interacted with other feminists quite frequently in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I've seen some of the things she posts on Facebook, and it seems... Well, I'll use the word bigotry. It seems like there's some bigotry behind a lot of it. So so you, you still stand by what you wrote under that post of hers? You still think um, that she's a bigot? Yes. Hmm. All right. So next up is getting you on the phone with Marsha. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Hi, Andrew. Hey, Marsha, great to be talking to you. Stay right there. We'll be right back. Before we continue, I just want to say thanks for being here. Also, you can be on this show, too. Has someone said something negative about you online, or maybe you've said something negative about someone else? Either way, after this episode is over, go to www.conversationswithpeoplewhohateme.com where you can fill out a guest form. And if you don't want to be on this show, that is totally cool. I appreciate you just the same. Maybe consider telling a friend about this show. Word of mouth has brought this podcast around the world, so your recommendation goes a long way. All right, now let's get back to the conversation. So, Andrew, right now I am here with Marsha. Hi, Andrew. Hey, Marsha, great to be talking to you. Good to be talking to you, too. So, Andrew, Marsha, this is your first time talking to each other. Yes. Um, yep. Andrew, how does this feel for you? Um, I mean, a little anxiety-inducing. I'm, I hate phone calls, but <laughs> I, know, I feel comfortable for the most part. No, totally. And, Marsha, how are you feeling? I feel the same. I feel a little bit anxious. <laughs> I also hate talking on the phone. Great, so, guys, common ground. Exactly. You found it. We're done. <laughs> um, so this is the end of the call, you know? Yeah, uh, so that's it. Thanks, Andrew. Great. Glad we worked that out. <laughs> I know. Um, okay, so... Can we also... Levels for a second. Oh, yeah. Andrew, do you mind if we just look at audio levels for a second? Yeah, it'd be awesome. Andrew, could you just say something inconsequential, like narrate your day so far so we can get your audio levels? 
Yeah, I woke up this morning, decided to ignore my alarm clock. So I got out of bed about 20 minutes before we were supposed to be having this conversation. Okay. <laughs> and finished getting dressed after we were supposed to. Give me some time to practice my drums. I'm a musician too, Andrew. <laughs> oh, what do you play? Um, I play piano and a little bit of guitar. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. String instruments are impossible. Yeah, I know. Well, look, this is perfect. You guys can form a band. I know, we're going to jam. <laughs> we got drums, <laughs> we got piano, we got guitar. Yeah. Let's start here, guys. Marsha, you got widely known for saying men are scum on the internet. And then Andrew, under a post that Marsha made, uh, you called her a bigot. Yes. Andrew, do you want to hear a little bit of the background of where the men are scum thing came from? Yeah, I think that'd be great. Okay, so Marsha, kind of take it away. Talk talk to Andrew about the genesis of Men Are Scum. Okay, yes. I had a friend who is a female editor, and she, during the Me Too campaign, um, wrote a list that went viral um, that was featured on The Guardian and some other websites that was basically little things that you know, normal men can do better. And she got some really extreme negative reactions from certain men online. So she posted photos of these type of threats and negative comments that she was receiving. Some were very, very harsh. So then I commented underneath this post of, you know, hundreds of photos of men threatening her. Men are scum. That comment was removed as hate speech, and I was banned for 30 days from Facebook. Okay, that, that's great. Um, Andrew, uh, would you mind walking Marsha through the genesis of why you commented bigot under a post of hers? Hey, um, Marsha, are you familiar with who Sargon of Akkad is? Yes. All right. So he does a weekly series called This Week in Stupid, where he had a short clip about you um, being banned for posting men are scum. So I said, well, I've never heard of Marsha before, but I thought it'd be interesting to see if I could get any reaction from you. So I went, messaged you, obviously, as you know, and commented um, bigot, because I believe anyone that would unironically uh, take a class of people based on something like gender or sex, which you can't decide and say they're scum would be a bigoted comment. Andrew, you're more in the camp where it's saying like, nobody should say men are scum, but you also believe that men shouldn't say women are scum. Yeah. I think if a man said women are scum, they would be a bigot. I mean, honestly, I just, I think it's disheartening that we have to be having this conversation. I wish we could just treat people like people. So, Marsha, what, what's your response to this? I mean, it's it's difficult because um, I don't feel that I come from a hateful place. And my jokes are more to poke fun at what men view feminists as. And wait, I, I don't know if you know that. Andrew, did you know that Marsha first said men are scum sarcastically? It's hard to read any sarcasm into a post online. So well, I'm going to leave that a no, but... I do think that's true, right? Like, in tone general, lost, online, yeah. tone gets lost. As far as comedy goes, I take no offense to anyone who says something in jest. You know, I have probably the darkest sense of humor out of anyone you'll come across. But I don't... Once you leave comedy, like, once you're out of the realm of comedy and you're posting men are scum, that's why I disagree. There's no reason to generalize. So say, for example... 
I get harassed by two different guys on my way to work at 7.30 in the morning, which happens. And then I'm frustrated. So then I post on Facebook, God, men are so annoying. What I wrote is very clearly sexist to people who are just reading it without context. But what they're not seeing is the five times that I've been harassed at seven in the morning just trying to get to work. Um, So they feel generalized when I'm speaking about a very certain group of men and then also the system of male power that allows those men to keep behaving that way. Um, So I I sort of make cathartic jokes, you know, where um, I talk about men because I feel, like you said, I feel dehumanized. I I think that we're probably not going to agree on privilege or um, that discrimination does not always work equally in terms of different groups. And I understand that. Can I just jump in here? Yeah. Um, Andrew, how does the word privilege sit with you? I really don't like the word, honestly. I think there's privilege no matter who you are. So I think it's really reductionary to talk about it. Why, why so? Because all you're doing when you're looking at privilege is you're looking at the sum of what people are made up on things they can't choose, like race, sex, sexuality, gender, etc. Why, why are we so concerned about what people can't choose? I want to look at people for who they are, not what they are. I, can I say something? Yeah. I think that that's interesting because the term privilege came from the fact that certain people were not allowed to have a voice to discuss wanting to be treated as an individual. So the word privilege came from, you know, white people and men as a whole in the early stages of America and continuing not being able to see that there are people who want to be treated as an individual who are then being grouped. So then the word privilege comes to try and put a label to those people who have the power, and then the people who have the power start to feel generalized in the same way. So like you said, why shouldn't a white man be able to be treated as an individual? He absolutely should be. But the word privilege comes from the fact that other groups did not feel that they were. I I find it interesting that we keep going back in history. I mean, we're living in the modern day. We're not living in the early stages of America. What's in the past is in the past. We can't change that. We look at history and we say, historically, it was this way. So because historically it was that way, we're going to act like that in the modern day. You don't see Jews saying, well, the Germans killed six million of us. Fuck the Germans. I've never heard a Jew say that. But historically, the Germans killed six million Jews. You can't ever look at the current moment aside from history. You can say that what we're living in is different, but history has led us to where we are. So unless you can find a clear moment where history has stopped then I think we can say, okay, history's done, and now we can be over. But every moment of history has led into something else. So you might not get American Jews saying, fuck the Germans, but the Germans made a clear separation from themselves from the Nazis. They said, we are not Nazis anymore, and Nazi ideology is illegal. Nazi symbolism is illegal. In my opinion, our culture has not done these same clear things because we still see discrimination, it has just changed forms. So it seems like we're hitting the very um, standard impasse in these conversations, right? We don't have to come away from this all agreeing. Right. Do you know what I mean? We're not going to, probably. No, I don't think we ever will. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you guys just said that in tandem. Um, so I just want to do a quick, and and Andrew, I'm sorry, this is going to be a very snowflakey question, so get <laughs> ready. Um, but Doesn't bother me. Okay, great. So Andrew, how are you feeling right now in this conversation? I'm slightly annoyed because, I mean, I feel like what I'm saying comes from a factual basis, but we're ignoring it for emotions. I feel the exact same way, but against you, which I think is where this gets interesting because we both feel very correct. And I think we both feel emotional and yet we feel the other is having a non-factual approach. But I also think it's interesting too that you feel very offended by me generalizing men, but you feel very entitled to generalize feminists. Well, I mean, have you ever had a conversation with a feminist as a man? Have you ever had a conversation with a man as a woman? <laughs> Both of those are actually very valid questions. Yeah. It's about missing the point of view. You're right. I would love to hear from both of you, each of you, how would you define feminism? Marsha, I'd love for you to go first. I mean, to me, like I said, feminism is just saying that um, historically power is skewed towards men and feminism is the work to make that historical imbalance more equal in every way and as that changes. So feminism is just the equality between the genders to me. Andrew, how would you define feminism? Pretty much as far off as you can get, I'd define it as an anti-white, anti-male supremacy movement. Anti-white, anti-male anti female supremacy movement. Yeah, female supremacy movement. And I believe it's a false categorization to th somehow think that it's women trying to achieve supremacy um, when, in my opinion, we can hardly achieve equality. Well, you know, I mean, the same is true. I've been, the same thing that happens to you by men happens to men by women. The difference is I'm not going around calling it sexism. Andrew, I, I'd love to hear more about that. Like, um, what, what kind of harassment have you experienced online? I'm talking in person. I don't care about what happens online. If I don't like someone online, I'll block them. But I, I think the difference is I've seen the kind of harassment that Marsha experiences, and it's like unlike anything I've ever experienced. Like what kind of harassing messages do people ask you online? Virtually none. I mean, other than unless you're saying like I get on Xbox Live and some 12-year-old told me he's fucked my mom. <laughs> Okay, I so, think it's just block anyone that sends me something I don't like. Okay, so I I am sorry to admit this. I know very little about Xbox Live. Marsha, do you? Oh, yeah. You do know. I mean, not like a lot, but I know that 12-year-olds call you, say yeah. that they fucked your mom, yeah. So, okay, but Andrew, like, so you just block them and you just put it out of, out of your head, right? Yeah, I don't see any reason to get upset about someone who has to type to me. Huh. If you're just going to be like, well, you're a piece of shit, then I'm like, cool, and you're on the block list. Do you think maybe it's easier for you to just block them and move on because, like, you don't experience that harassment in the real world? Well, I mean, what do you mean by harassment in the real world? It seems like an awfully vague sentiment. I, I, I just mean, like, have you ever been harassed offline? Oh, yeah, horribly. I mean, everyone has. It's called life. So what's going to happen to you. But I don't know that I can just accept that. Like, I don't think that should happen to you. If it's founded in something, listen to it. If it's not, ignore it. I do try and ignore harassment except in real life, except for that it often makes me feel physically unsafe to the point that it's hard to even leave my house, you know, sometimes. I've never actually met a woman who feels unsafe to leave her house. Maybe that's just because of where I live. It's a safer area or something. I don't know. 
I do think that there are a lot more women than you might realize. We're not so scared to leave the house that we don't leave the house, but we make, you know, if I leave my house without headphones, I know that I'm going to have to look down at my feet or else a guy's going to talk to me, you know, like that type of thing. Like we all make decisions. And like you said, you don't like guys talking to you. Well, this is where we get in the conversation too. No, I don't like strange men talking to me or feeling like they have the right to talk to me. Whereas I understand that a lot of men don't see why it's anything more than just a compliment or a flattering thing. Um, But that's a whole, like you said, we're not going to agree ideologically, but I am interested just to just see like, you know, that to me, it was hurtful to be called a bigot by a stranger. and to you, you think- felt compelled to do so because you truly felt I was a bigot. And in some ways, um, I understand that as well. And you see, I don't like calling people bigots. I honestly would like just the world to be full of love. But I'm going to call it out as I see it. And you're honestly quite a nice person, but I don't think that generalizing someone doesn't make them a bigot. So unfortunately, I have to stand by that. It's just that online, sometimes the humanity gets lost. Like what I keep saying is that it's sort of like when you're driving in a car and someone cuts you off and you're like, you know, fuck them and fuck their whole family. And it's not something you would say if it was a human looking you in the face. Mm -hmm. But then it's like we're both driving in cars and I can Bluetooth my entire opinion straight Mm -hmm. into your car, you know, and we don't really know each other as people. Um, And I think that this and it it just kind of spurs this cycle of hate um, on, you know, where we're losing nuance in conversation and everyone online is forgetting that the person they're talking to is a human with their own background experiences. This is off topic slightly. It um, doesn't have to be in the podcast because it has nothing to do with the podcast. But um, just a note on what I found that helps me be a happier person is just assume everyone has good intentions. Someone cuts me off in the car and so getting pissed off to say, I hope you get where you need to get going to. And I move on with my life. I don't get upset. I wish them the best of luck. So I know you said this is off topic. I actually don't think it's off topic at all because I think that gets to the core of where you're coming from. I think, Andrew, that you're like a truly good person who dreams of this utopia that I don't think you see that other people don't live in. And you were saying, Andrew, that you don't know women who are afraid to leave their house or women who are harassed in the street every day. Um, whereas I, who live in New York City and am friends with someone like Marsha, like I, I, I am in contact with women all the time. I see women being harassed all the time, you know? When you say harassed, what does that mean? To me, harassment is very specifically along the lines of a sexually based um, demeaningness or control, attempted control, um, bullying along sexual lines is harassment to me. Um, Beyond that, there are so many different forms. Um, You know, harassment can be a boss very subtly making you respond to his sexual come-ons and it's sort of lose-lose however you respond. You know, if I don't smile at him, he might not give me that promotion. If I do smile at him, I only got that promotion because he's interested in me sexually. Um, And then harassment on the street is just sort of that me being a woman, I'm there for your public consumption, whether I want to be or not. So, you know, if I'm in public, then I have given consent to being bothered because I'm a person in public. And um, so then to me, harassment is when I am bothered 
simply for existing in my body around other people. Um, and I'm not saying men can't be harassed. I'm saying that, and this is where we'll disagree, um, endemically, the, the numbers are much more skewed the other way. No, I agree. I think women get, would you say catcalling be an appropriate word for it? Catcalling is a form of harassment, yes. Um, I do think it goes further than that. You know, I've been followed. Um, most women have been touched on the street in some way, um, whether or not it's like fully groping or just sort of a grab at the wrist, you know, things like that. Um, being made to feel sexually demeaned and possibly afraid. Why afraid? Like, what do they do that makes you afraid? I'm scared they're going to, you know, attack me. Um physically stop me from going where I need to go. If it's night and there's only me and a man passing each other on the street, that could be the nicest guy in the world. But my thought is what's this man going to do to me and who would see it if he does. Can I also pose a theory to both of you? Yeah. I feel that we are still at the early stages of understanding how we all exist on the internet together. Mm -hmm. Suddenly we're all seeing each other. Right. So these conversations that previously would have been private, Marsha, to you among feminist circles are now going public. So when you say something sarcastic as a joke, like all men are scum, that that... It's seen as really serious and also I'm representing what feminists believe. Yeah. It's misread by people outside of your community. So people within the comedy community here, people within your friend circle, of course, with a few exceptions, see that and they're like, ha, 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 LOL, I'm going to give it a like, mm -hmm. right? And Andrew, um, you are coming from a very different community. When you say something like calling Marsha a bigot, in your mind, what she's saying is bigoted, but so it, it's like... We're all meeting each other, and we're all, like, terrified of all the different ways that we've lived our lives up until this moment, and now it's we're, like— It's a culture clash. Yeah, it's a culture clash. And I feel like we, we get scared, and we defend ourselves, and we defend our worldviews, and we stand up for what we believe in. And so that's kind of where this clash comes from. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah. Kind of. Okay. Andrew, why kind of? I, I just don't see how you can say there's a community that goes around calling a group of people scum on predetermined traits and say that's not hatred. But Andrew, even though, you know, that that's almost like humor of the oppressed. Does that, does that make it different? Learning that it's like, a, you know, a humor coming from a marginalized position? Well, I don't think it's a marginalized position, so I don't think we're going to agree on that. Um, okay, so closing questions. Andrew, are you going to do anything differently after this call? I'm sure I am. I mean, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. It's something I'm going to have to ruminate over probably for a couple of days, but I'm sure it'll affect me and my actions in some way. Marsha, same question for you. I think it'll change the way that I see how certain strangers approach me online um, because my experience has added up to feeling very defensive to men contacting me online in any way um, or people in general contacting me online in any way that I don't know. Um, so I think that talking to a person like Andrew in the future will remind me that every single one of these people, even the overtly hateful ones, are people. Okay, so with that said, 
I think we're going to close this out. Andrew um, and I are going to form a band. Yeah. Because he's a drummer I'm and I play excited. piano and sing. Yeah. Are you excited, Andrew? Oh, I'm totally excited. <laughs> okay. He's someone to jam with. Can, yeah. <laughs> can I um, propose a name for your band? Sure. Yeah. Ready. I would say Bigot Scum. <laughs> Bigot Scum. I like it. Bigot Scum. Look out for us. We're going to be like in some Europe. Slam soon. death metal band. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Death metal. Or it can be Bigot Scum and it can be like beautiful choral harmonies. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes. Let's be Bigot Scum and we'll be a church choir. Yeah. There we go. I'm down. Marsha, Andrew, I'm so glad that we had this conversation. I just want to say thank you for talking to me, Andrew. And this was a really great experience for me. Um, and uh, it was really nice to talk to you. Thank you. I agree. It was nice talking to you, Marsha. Andrew, thank you so much for being willing to do this. Marsha, thank you so much for being willing to do this. And um, I guess we'll all see each other on the internet. Yes. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Bye. Bye, Andrew. See you, Marsha. If you'd like to be a guest on this show and take your own online conversations and move them offline, please visit www.conversationswithpeoplewhohateme.com for more information. Conversations with People Who Hate Me is a production of Nine Fail Presents. Vincent Cascione is the sound engineer and mixer. Christy Gressman is the executive producer. The theme song is These Dark Times by Caged Animals. The logo was designed by Rob Wilson. And this podcast was created, produced, and hosted by me, Dylan Marin. Special thanks to Adam Cecil, Emily Muller, and our publicists, Megan Larson and Christine Ragossa. We'll return with regularly scheduled episodes on April 2nd. Until then, remember there's a human on the other side of the screen. We're racing, racing through these dark times. And it's hard to take it, but we're gonna make it through these dark times. Make it through these dark times. Make it through these dark times.